Hey, church girls. Uh, so this is going to be a hard episode. Uh, expect tears and um, a lot of emotion, but if you somehow miss the news, we, the world, lost uh, Chadwick Boseman last night, uh, Friday, August the 28th. Um, but God called his son home. And in light of that, um, we wanted to share a few lessons that we are learning through his loss and honoring him at the same time. Um, I think because of his age and the circumstances um, in which he passed, this one hit especially hard for a lot of us. Um, he was, you know, barely a year older than me. Um, but I think uh, the roles that he that he was able to um, act out and what that meant for the black community um, and just how he treated others, it's it's hitting especially hard for many, many people. So um, here we go. You are here with Kari and Catherine, and this is for church girls only. Real conversations for today's church girl, navigating life with salvation in mind. seeing how my boys responded to it, I, like all my boys, even AJ, AJ was like a baby, but that was like his favorite movie. He would watch it over and over and over again. And just realizing like the shift that that made for us as a people, like I just, I don't know. I feel like it just really, really hit me like last night. And then when I was talking to my boys about it, cause they actually had to leave last night. Um, when I was talking to them about it, just like realizing like how much of an impact that it made on them too. Like it wasn't just me. It wasn't just my husband. Like, yeah. It was, you know, and I couldn't, I'm a, I'm a superhero or, or, you know, comic book geek anyway. Um, and I don't think a lot of people know that about me, but, um, mm -hmm. I had a I had a blog post um, when when Black Panther first came out, um, I'm, and I'm trying to remember the details of it. But anyway, the the photo that I used was um, from the Black Denai Guerrero. I screwed that up. But anyway, um, <laughs> the picture of her kind of looking off into the distance from when they were. Um, uh, getting ready to uh, do that big fight scene towards the end of Black Panther. And uh, I used that caption, uh, that image, and the the premise was of the blog post was, was saying that I could not believe my husband had never seen a Marvel movie. I'm like, who are you? Like, you know, it opened up this hilarious dialogue because I think 
with my husband, you know, getting him into, you know, the Marvel comics, because I'm like, you know, Marvel, I love Marvel more than DC, you know, it's everybody. Really? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, Aquaman excluded. Um, You know, not even, I haven't even seen Aquaman, I just like looking at the images. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm a Marvel girl way before I'm a DC girl, uh, DC Comics girl. And anyway, we were joking about how he had never really watched um, any comic book movies or didn't know anything about comic books until he, uh, until we met. And I was just like, wait a second, we talked about everything before we got married, but I did not know we needed to have this particular conversation. Like if I had known then, I don't know if I would have married you. Like, who are you? <laughs> and, you know, Black Panther was, oh I, my I'm trying to remember the timeline, but I think that Black Panther may have been maybe the second or third Marvel movie he watched. But we we got to go back and watch like all the Marvel movies. But I just, you know, that's related to how like, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman and his character in Black Panther kind of like gave us something else that we could share together. And, you know, that was like the love of, you know, Marvel movies. And, you know, he still won't read any of the comic books. Like he's not that into it. But, you know, definitely, um, you know, watching Marvel movies when they come out. You know, now he's just like, yeah, let's go watch this one and, and see this one. Sorry, this hair is like bothering me. Um, and, I, you know, I posted last night, like I was so upset and I was just like, he, you know, especially for the black community, you know, we universally, he's really famous for the role that he played in Black Panther, but, you know, especially for our community, seeing him recreate roles of, you know, like Jackie Robinson in 42 and, um, he he was in Marshall, which is I have not seen it. I'm gonna watch it. Um, and playing James. I know I've been wanting to watch it. Mm-hmm. But you know, just seeing him yeah. on the screen and the way that you know, knowing everything in retrospect, like I just before you know you you popped in, I was scrolling Facebook and reading all this stuff about him. And, you know, wondering like, how in the world did no one know this? I'm like, people had to know because they were shooting around his um, his surgery and chemotherapy treatments. So I'm like, people had to know. He couldn't just be like, oh, I'm not coming to work today. You know, people knew, but he his wishes were that, you know, his illness not be what marked his life. Like he didn't want that to be the conversation. Um, and even I saw, you know, today I, I saw the first pictures that he had posted when he was sick, like when he really started, people could tell that he was sick and, you know, reading all this stuff about people bullying him. And I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like I missed all of it. And then I saw the pictures today and I was like, how could anybody see those pictures and not know he was sick and just be like, oh, well, he's this skinny, he's he's on drugs, he's doing this, that, and the third. You know, how could you not know that 
there was something serious going on with him. But, you know, that's, that's another conversation about how people, you know, jump on folks when they're down. And I don't know. I know. So I, what I, you know, had been thinking about. Um, it literally is unfathomable. This was kind of the conversation I wanted to have, but I didn't know if I would be able to talk through it. Um, but I really wanted to talk about him. Yeah. And that's not so much, I mean, not fangirling over him. Um, yep. But just, um, yeah. I think the one thing that kept the one thought that is playing over and over is how how he knew he was sick even even though we didn't know it wasn't our business to know because he had a purpose and he was focused on that and the um, I think why it upset me so much was because I have I have this fear that I'm not going to live long enough to do what I'm supposed to do. And after he passed away yesterday, he knew he didn't have a lot of time. But he still did what he was supposed to do. And even in his death, he is still, he is still doing his work to grow the, grow the kingdom because as much as it hurts to, you know, lose him as a, as an actor and a human being and just an incredible person who, you know, did so much and you know meant so much to so many people did what he had to do and it wasn't it wasn't um it was it was less about being famous and more about what his roles and his celebrity was able to do for other people um especially for black children um especially for even for adults who were still searching for some sort of representation and you know this is not to take away from any other you know actor who paved the way because you know even last night i watched 
his his tribute to Denzel, how he talked about, you know, Denzel paying his tuition so that he could finish um, his education and, you know, be able to, you know, have the career that he had. Um, you know, in that in in his thanking Denzel Washington, you know, he said because of him, it was it. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And he took that responsibility seriously, and he he honored what his opportunity meant for people coming behind him. And you know, talking about being young, black, and gifted. Um, you know, it's it's a it's kind of like the hot topic right now to, you know, be like, I'm Black and I have a platform and now people are finally listening to me. And, you know, the the death and destruction that it has taken to get here, um, you know, we're not willing to let those, those lives and tragedy um, be lost in vain. But... You know, he was he was an activist in his own right. And even as he battled his own disease, he made sure to take the time out to honor others who were battling the disease. And I loved seeing his interaction with children who were fighting cancer and the children who were like, oh my gosh, there's a superhero that looks like me. You know, I can be, I can be great too. And it, it reminded me a lot of the little boy in, uh, who visited Obama in the White House, who touched his hair and was like, oh my gosh, your hair is just like mine. You know, it's, there's something so powerful in representation um, because we as a community have been told for hundreds of years that we're not good enough, we'll never amount to anything that no one will ever want to be us. All the while, you know, our culture and our ethnicity is being appropriated. We're told that we're not good enough and that we're not worthy and we're not the same and there's no value. And, you know, and I, I speak about, I'm, I'm focusing on Chadwick because of his passing, um, you know, he worked diligently to show others that, hey, you are worth something. We are greater than what people would want us to think. Um, but with our greatness comes a responsibility. And I will never be able to appreciate him enough. For that. I couldn't put my finger on why I was so upset. Yeah. But there's just there's there's a lot of a lot of dynamics. Um, I think I felt initially the same way that you felt in terms of that that looming feeling. And I think a lot of us feel that way about our purpose not being fulfilled or um, our time being so short that what we what's inside of us won't be able to be fully manifested, right? Yeah. I think that that for me is one of the first feelings that hit home. Like, and then there's this feeling too 
that I don't know, at least for me, because I feel like I'm very like, I'm very reflective um, about the decisions that I make mm -hmm. and, and the way that I try to live out what God has called for me to do. And um, I think that piece of us that feels like we won't get it all out is not because of our doubt in God, but more so in the reality of our humanity. Mm -hmm that we realize like how flawed we are, how many issues we have, how, how hard it is to push past the things that sometimes stifle us or hold us back from being all that God has called us to be. And then you see these like amazing examples of people walking it out. <laughs> and people living out their purpose and being who God called them to be and making an impact on so many. And not only do you draw inspiration from it, but it also puts you in a position where you feel extremely humbled because you realize um, that you're still here and you still have the opportunity. And um, I think the other piece of what you said I think really rings home for me, especially as well, is that you realize the people that came before you and um, and what they had to sacrifice and what they had to give and what they had to endure to be able to do what they did and to accomplish what they've accomplished just for you to have the opportunity. And then, it puts this weight of responsibility as well on you to, to recognize the opportunity that you've been given. Okay. And to accept it with grace and humility in realizing that God knew where you would be before you got to this place. And um, that he hasn't given up on us and he hasn't stopped working with us. Uh, and to know that he could take a vessel like Chadwick and use him so wonderfully and so powerfully. Um, it, it kind of like reignites that faith within to know that like he's still going to do that and still going to accomplish that in me yeah yeah so i went to about two or three years ago i went to this conference it was a the association of christian counselors yeah i think there's another c in there um but there was this lady i met leslie vernick and she was saying how um 
you know, she was talking about the ministry that she did. Um, she she's in marriage ministry and um, specifically focused focused on um, emotionally destructive behaviors in marriage. Um, and and it's she's she's wonderful. I, I love that I you know had the opportunity to meet her. But anyway, she was uh, not to tell her age, but she said that she was. Um, had been doing her ministry for 20 years. And I went up to her afterwards and I was like, wait a second, I was doing the math. So you started when you were about my age and she was like, yeah. And I, you know, confessed to her that, you know, my fear was dying before I had, you know, fulfilled my purpose. And, you know, she told me, she was like, you know, you're going to be here as long as you need to be here for God to do what he needs to do through you. Um, and it gave me a lot of comfort because I felt like, because I had gone through so many different career changes and that I did not have, like I didn't know what my purpose was that my life had been wasted. And, you know, she reassured me that, you know, that was not the case that, you know, you'll you'll be here as long as God needs you to be here. Um, but I think the flip side of that is that we can't waste our time I've been like legitimately obsessed with Hamilton and you know listening to the soundtrack and you know the one of the themes um in one of the songs um Aaron Burr is singing or Leslie Odom who plays Aaron Burr is singing um you know why do you write like you're running out of time you know talking about how many federalist papers that that Alexander Hamilton wrote that he wrote 59 out of the 81 papers. Um, and, you know, the whole thing, like the running theme is, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, throw away my shot. I'm, you know, trying to keep myself from singing because I can't sing and it's like, it, the soundtrack is gonna come out of me. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm not gonna throw away my shot. I'm gonna take every opportunity that I can to, you know, leave a legacy and then Aaron Burr you know, kind of contradicting that, like, why are you doing so much? You have all the time in the world. And, you know, that was the one thing I kind of took from it was, you know, I don't think Hamilton knew, you know, he felt like the spirit of death was chasing him, you know, throughout his life, but he didn't, I don't think he knew that he was going to die that day, but he did not waste the opportunity. He was like, I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to, you know, leave my legacy. Like that was his whole thing. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't say that, you know, I can't say that I know if Chadwick did or did not go after his purpose with the same vigor. Um, and, um, but he knew that tomorrow was not promised and that he was not going to use his excuse, use his illness as an excuse to not do what he was supposed to do. And I, I fully believe that because I have a, a friend here who um, is in remission for breast cancer and she's, you know, she's a, an incredible advocate. Um, and she made the point that a lot of times you don't tell people what you're going through, especially when it comes to cancer, because all you get is pity and people look at you as cancer. They don't look at you with your potential. They don't look at you with your purpose. All they see is the illness. 
So she was, you know, made the point that a lot of times people don't don't say that because I can only imagine that if he, you know, made it public, you know, the people, the people who needed to know knew so that they could take care of him and make sure that he, you know, was supported in the way that he needed. But I can imagine that if he, you know, went into his auditions with, you know, you know, I'm thinking about 42, if he went into that audition with people saying, with people knowing that he was battling stage three cancer, they wouldn't have given him the chance because you can't slide in the home plate. You can't do all of these athletic and, and endurance moves that need to be performed in this role. And he would have automatically been excluded because people saw him as his disease and not as who he was and it would have not they would not have made space for him to walk into walk in his purpose but he never let that stop him and you know just you know even learning in retrospect all of the things that he did while he was fighting for his life he never let his disease be an excuse for not walking in his purpose and it makes me angry that so many people and myself included use the excuse of I'm tired or I don't feel like it or I don't like being on video I don't like doing lives. I don't like this. To hinder what God has told me to do. What God has told us to do. Because we're uncomfortable. And because we're shy or because we're afraid of what other people will say. And I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm angry at myself that I've spent so much time allowing my insecurities to hinder my purpose. It hurts so much. And I mean, I, you know, bringing it back to Jesus and what he and what God has always told us from the beginning, we have a purpose. He knew what our purpose was before we even knew we existed. And he has given us all a talent. Some of us, he gives five talents. Some of, he, some of us, he gives 10 talents. But he has given all of us a talent. He has given us the choice to bury that talent or to invest it to grow the kingdom. And I have allowed my insecurities 
to bury my talent for too long. And I think when it comes to grieving celebrities, we we grieve them without knowing them because they didn't bury their talents and they use their talents to make an impact and to encourage us to use our talents as well. I often think of the story um, in Jeremiah or the analogy in Jeremiah where he talks about us being clay on the wheel and God being the potter and us becoming marred in the hands of the potter because of the way that we try to fashion ourselves or maneuver ourselves when we're on the wheel, so to speak. And I often think of how God is this master craftsman. He knows exactly what will bring out what in us. He knows exactly how to mold us, how to shape us, and how to fashion us. And sometimes we fight the process of what he's trying to do in our lives and how he's trying to mold us and how he's trying to shape. And so every time his fashioning is met with our abrasiveness, we find that we become marred, but he doesn't stop putting us back on the wheel. He doesn't stop working with us and shaping us and molding us until we understand that all that is happening to us is a part of the process. And, um, you know, it's not just our insecurities that we have to overcome when we talk about living out and walking in our purpose and fulfilling our purpose, but we also have to deal with the way that, that we experience life. And I think so many of us get stuck in places that God didn't mean for us to be stuck in. Um, I'm, I'm drawing from the Bible today. There's, a story in scripture that I really love in the book of Exodus in the 15th chapter that talks about the children of Israel. Basically, um, they got to a place in their journey. This is fresh out of leaving out of Egypt. And, you know, at the beginning of the chapter, it starts off like they're so excited about the deliverance that they just experienced. And then they get to this place, um, and I can't remember the name of the place because I'm slightly tired, but basically they, they get to this place and they're drinking the water and the water there is bitter. And instead of them calling on the God that they just celebrated, they started to complain and they started to murmur. And I think that specific word murmur in the, in the Hebrew is a word that talks about being stuck. And basically like you're, you're sticking yourself like down in the ground and you're not allowing yourself to be moved. And we saw as a result of that, that all they could think about in that place is that I'm in a bitter place and I've experienced something that I didn't want to experience, but because I 
I'm allowing the experience to be greater than um, the destination or the journey that I'm on, I get stuck in what I'm experiencing. I get stuck in the bitterness of the situation and I allow that to be my narrative. And I think um, that bitterness is just one of the examples. But for a lot of us, we experience things in our lives that we allow to define us that God never meant to define who we are or to define the path that he set us on. Instead of us looking at the situation for what it is, which is just an experience for us to learn, for us to grow, and for us to acknowledge who he is in our lives and what he's showing us about ourselves, we allow ourselves to experience things, but then we get stuck in the experience and we never move past it and allow that to kind of be um, the cycle or the, the regurgitation of our lives that we talk about what's happened to us. And sitting here and having this conversation with you, I think for me, um, has kind of helped me to see my own, my own stuckness. Um, the things that I've experienced and the things that I've gone through um, were never meant to be like destinations. They were just supposed to be an experience, something for me to travel through. And I'm grateful for for the change in perception because I feel like sometimes it's easy to get stuck and it's easy to keep living out what's happened to you in the place of like being a victim or being a martyr or whatever you have it to be but also realizing that God's purpose and God's calling and his fulfillment in your life is greater than what you've experienced and what you've gone through and that he's still going to use all of that to bring glory to him. He can take the ugliest things that have happened to us and transform it into triumph and into a testament of how great he is. And I think when we begin to really, um, to really assess not just what we've been through, but to also assess the fact that our insecurities were already accounted for when God called us, before he formed us. I love the scripture that says, you know, when you, before you were in your mother's womb, like I knew you. He knew everything that there was to know about us and yet he still called us. And I think that as we walk out our purpose and walk out pursuing purpose and, and what God has called us to do, we have to continuously keep in the forefront of our minds that, that God already knew everything there is to know about us and he still called us. So our insecurities don't disqualify us. Our experiences don't disqualify us. We just have to find a way to work through those things. 
and allow the power of God to rest upon us, as Paul says um, in 1 Corinthians, where he says, um, where he talks about when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Realizing our fallacies and our weaknesses, our insecurities, our flaws are all things that God uses in our lives so that he can be amplified and glorified through us. Yeah. Um, so we just want to leave you on a note of encouragement and want to leave um, just some words that can help you to kind of navigate walking out and walking into fulfilling your purpose. Um, and I think I'll, I'll go first, sis, if you... um so you know just remember that it's a it's a day-to-day thing um and it's not about how fast you get there it's about you know just making the journey and being committed to what god has called you to realizing that um you know whatever happens today doesn't have to define your tomorrow if you mess up today you know, pick yourself back up, learn from your mistakes, ask for God's forgiveness and his grace, and know that it's more than there to help you and available to you to get you to where you want to be and where you need to be in Christ. So that's my word of encouragement to you today. Remember that you were created for more. Um, I think with all of the chaos that is going on in the world, it's very easy for us to get lost in the shuffle and feel like we're too small to make a difference. Um, I I saw a friend post a a hilarious anecdote that said, if you ever feel like you're too small to make a difference, sleep in the room with a mosquito. (laughs) (laughs) You You were created for a purpose um, greater than yourself. And it's okay you don't know what it is right now. Um, As you move toward your purpose and move toward finding out what it is that God would have you to do, just keep moving. Um, Even as we, you know, walk on the path of trying to you know identify and praying that god will show us what our purpose is here on this earth we are going to come into contact with people we are going to um, impact people and as we encounter others remember that they are also divine beings having a human experience and be kind to them love them Um, help them if you can because even if you don't know what it is that you're doing with your life in that interaction or relationship for however long or short it may be is also a part of the plan so do your best to love others as you move forward in your own path um so we'll um close out with a prayer um and just remember 
not only the lives of those who have gone before us, but to realize and understand that and to honor those who chose to live out their purpose and to do all that God wanted them to do, to honor those and remember those who were good stewards of the time that they had and to let their lives be an example for us to do the same. Yeah. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for waking us up for another opportunity to live and to learn and to love and to lead others, always pointing them back to you. Lord, as we, in this particular moment, grieve the life of Chadwick Bozeman, Lord, we thank you for the example and the representation that you allowed him to give to all of us, children and adults alike. Lord, even in retrospect, we thank you for the lessons that he taught us that the purpose that you have put in all of us is greater than any of the trials, the tribulations, the illness, the setbacks, the hurt and the pain that we experience, that our lives are always meant to glorify you, that our lives are meant to edify those around us. Lord, I thank you for the example that he was. And Lord, I pray that even in his death and the death of so many, those that we loved and those that we don't know personally, Lord, I pray that the lessons we learn are that we have a purpose that however many talents you give us, whether it be one or 10, Lord, that we have a responsibility to not bury those talents, but to use whatever talent it is, whatever purpose it is that you have put in our hearts and in our spirits. We have a responsibility to use those talents to grow your kingdom. Lord, I pray that we never forget that we have a purpose and that our purpose is to always make sure that you are glorified in the works that we do in the love that we show in the patience that we learn that everything is to glorify you and that we do the best that we can with the time that we have to fulfill that purpose these things i pray in your son's holy and most blessed name amen this has been Cara and Catherine, and you've listened to another episode of For Church Girls Only. Make sure to follow us at For Church Girls Only on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and Church Girls Only on Twitter.